For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Please be seated. Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. The text for our meditation on this Sexagesima Sunday, Isaiah 55, 10 to 13, especially those words that I read, God speaks through his word. So, you're having a conversation with someone, and they bluntly say, God speaks to me. What would you think? Someone told you, God speaks to me. Well, you can be honest. Most of you would be thinking like this. You know, something's wrong. A screw is loose. God speaks to me. You've watched enough cop shows, true crime shows, drama shows. It's always the person that has God speaking to them that is out doing some mass murder or some other crazy crime. God speaks to me. You might be thinking, oh, they go to one of those kind of churches. You know, one of those charismatic churches where God is speaking all the time. We've been programmed like this, haven't we? My friends, God's word for us today is clear. He speaks to me. He speaks to you. He speaks to us. God speaks to us of His love for us. He reveals Himself to us. He reveals not only who He is, one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God in three persons, three persons in one God. But he reveals to us how to get to heaven. Not by our works, not by our lineage, but by grace alone, through faith alone, on account of Jesus Christ alone, as revealed to us in Scripture alone. That's really what all of our readings and our hymns are about today. That's really what Sexagesima Sunday has been about for roughly 2,000 years. The Word, the Word, the Word, the Word of God. The Word of God for you. God speaks to you in His Word. And it's a good thing He does. He reveals Himself to us in His Word. 
If God didn't speak to us in his word, how would we know him? How would we know anything about him? How would we know how to live and order our lives? We wouldn't. Well, we'd make it up. If God hasn't spoken to us in his word, we would create a God of our own making. We would want this God to do and say the kind of things we want God to do and say. Really, it would just be a mirror or a reflection of ourselves. And if you don't believe me, watch the news. Pay attention to anything going on in the world today. People who do not have the word of God have created idol upon idol upon idol. It might be an idol of sexual perversion. It might be an idol of gender identity. It might be an idea, an idol of reparations or some other Marxist plan. My friends, it's everywhere. If we didn't have the word of God, we wouldn't know who God is. We wouldn't know what God wants. We wouldn't know his purpose. And this is nothing new. God, in the Old Testament, spoke through his prophets. Between services today, we had questioning for our junior confirmants. One of the Bible passages that I have <clears throat> lovingly and caringly pounded into their heads. 2 Peter 1.21 Prophecy never had its origin in the will of man. We didn't dream this stuff up. We didn't cook it up in our heart or in our mind. No. Holy men of God wrote as they were carried along, as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. God is explaining to us here what the Bible, the Word of God is. The inspiration of the Bible. It is God breathed. How did this happen? The Holy Spirit breathed into people, controlling them so that what they wrote was the very Word of God. This isn't just about the Old Testament Scriptures. In the beginning words of Hebrews, we read, in the olden days, God spoke and worked in various ways through the prophets. But now in these latter days, He has spoken to us through His Son. The apostles spoke of what they saw, of what they witnessed concerning the Christ, Jesus. They saw and they wrote it down. Just like the Old Testament prophets did. What are we to do with what they wrote down? We're to learn it. We're to teach it. Jesus, before he ascended into heaven, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. How do you do it? By baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Where do we get this teaching from? From the Bible. From the revealed Word of God. From the words of the Old Testament and New Testament. In the Bible, we see 
that God's word is meant to be preached. It was preached by the prophets and the patriarchs. It was preached by the apostles. And the preached word, as important as it is, must always be faithful to the written word. You don't come here to get my opinions, to get my recipes, to get my take on the big game this afternoon. No, you come here to hear the word of God. And if your pastor is not preaching faithfully according to the word of God, you are charged, dear Christian, to hold him accountable. A pastor is a pastor only insofar as he is faithful to the word of God. Why is that so important? Because the substance of the word of God is Jesus Christ. Everything in the word, the prophets, the Psalms, the New Testament epistles, the Gospels, Revelation, all of God's Word speaks and testifies to Jesus in some way, shape, or form. He is the heart. He is the core. He is the soul. He is the substance. You can have confidence in the Word of God because it is Jesus. Remember? The Word took on flesh and made His dwelling among us. What an amazing mystery that as we read the Word of God, we are reading Jesus. As we preach and teach and hear the Word of God, we are preaching and teaching and hearing Jesus. It's a grand mystery for us and for our salvation. God's Word gives us confidence because we know that God's Word will always do what it promises to do. That's what Isaiah, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was talking about in our text. He uses a very, very common illustration. Rain and snow. Rain and snow. You get rain and snow, and what happens? Well, even the little kids sing, April showers bring May flowers, right? The rain waters the earth. We don't like to think about it, but the snow waters the earth. We're too busy complaining about shoveling it. And yet this is how God takes care of us. This is how God gives us food to eat. This is how God keeps us alive and sustains us. He says, you all know how the rain and the snow coming from God at their proper time keeps you alive. And then he says, so it is with my word. So it is with my word. My word is just like that rain and that snow. God's word gives us life. It engenders life. 
It sustains life. It makes life fruitful. The Word of God does that for each and every one of us. My friends, we heard in our gospel reading that great parable of the sower. We heard that the soil needs to be tilled. Now I suppose spiritually you could say that the soil needs to be killed. But it needs to be tilled. It needs to be plowed. It needs to be cut deep with a sharp plow. If you grew up on a farm, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Why? Because as the seed, the Word of God, was scattered on the hard ground, the birds came and snatched it up. As the seed was scattered on the rocky ground, the seed germinated and grew, but because of the rocks, there was no place for the roots to go, and the sun killed it. Didn't get enough moisture. And the seed that was thrown in the thorny places was quickly choked out. No. The soil needs to be prepared. This is the work of God's law. Now, God's law is the Word of God. But God's law does not give life. That's not a contradiction. God's law is the Word of God. God's law is powerful. And God's law works like a plow in soil. It cuts a furrow deep so that the seed, when it is planted, goes deep. And its roots grow deep. And its roots can find that moisture that God provides. My friends, the law works that way in each one of our hearts. The law is good. It's the Word of God. But the law makes us feel bad. And so we tend to avoid it. We reason, well, if God is good, why would He want to make me feel bad? My friends, God knows us. He knows who we are. He knows that we are sinners. And as sinners, His love brings the law of God to us. And like a plow, it cuts. And it cuts deep. It exposes our sin. It exposes our pride. It exposes our greed. It exposes our lust. It exposes every thought, word, and deed that is contrary to the Word of God. It cuts deep. Because God loves us. My friends, today, on this day where everything is focused on the Word of God, we would be remiss if we did not talk about one of the things that the plow of God's law exposes in each one of our hearts. Luther teaches us in the small catechism, third commandment, 
That if we do not hear and receive the word of God gladly and joyfully, we are despising it. That seems like kind of a stretch, doesn't it? Most of the people I know, it's not really like they despise the word of God. They just, they just don't care. They're apathetic. They're indifferent. It's just not that big a deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I got nothing else to do, you know, maybe I'll go to church. Well, I'll at least turn on the radio. My friends, God's Word teaches us that if we do not hunger for the Word of God, if we do not cling to the Word of God, if we do not receive it gladly and joyfully, we are despising it. Our apathy despises the Word of God. Our indifference despises the Word of God. And folks, as Lutherans, we are really good at despising the Word of God. It kind of goes like this. Well, I was confirmed. I sat through all those classes for two or three or four years. I got all the answers. I know them in my head. I don't need to go to church. I don't need any more word. I got enough. Thank you. Or, on the other end of the spectrum, you know, Pastor, I went to church, Bible study, every Sunday for the last, oh, 50 or 60 years. But you know, now I'm kind of tired. And my body doesn't move so well in the morning. And my hearing's not so good. And after all, I know all the stories anyway. I'll just stay home with my Bible and my YouTube and my radio. Thank you very much. And you can fill in all the blanks for the ages in between. My friends, how easy it is to despise the Word of God. But God's Word for us today in Isaiah 55 teaches us the danger of despising the Word of God. And He does it using that illustration again of rain and snow. Last winter, my snowblower never ran. Why? Because we didn't get hardly any snow. Never more than two inches. Five inches total for the whole year. It was a dry winter. And then what happened last spring and last summer and last fall? Very, very little rain. What did your lawn look like at the end of August last year? Dry, dormant, dead. As, as horrific for that as that was for you as a homeowner, imagine the farmers that actually rely on their fields and the crops for food. And now, now, this winter, my snowblower has cobwebs on it.
My friends, we are in a terrible drought. A terrible drought. We cling to the promises of God that He will send moisture, that He will send rain to grow the crops, to feed us and to keep us alive. My friends, do you see that when we despise the Word of God, either openly or through our indifference or apathy, it's like we are intentionally bringing a drought upon ourselves. We are literally like the crops that are drying up and curling up under the hot sun. We need the moisture of God's Word to keep us alive. We need the moisture of God's Word to sustain us and grow us. We need the moisture of God's Word to bring forth fruit in our life. The fruit of faith. And to keep us alive and well with the water of life until Christ calls us home. My friends, our text says, God will accomplish through His Word that which He purposes. Well, what is the purpose of God's Word? At the end of the Gospel of John, we read, Jesus did many other things that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you have faith in His name. My friends, the purpose of God's Word is faith. God creates faith. God sustains faith. God grows faith. Faith is one of those crazy little things. In one respect, faith does nothing. It is completely passive. It is like the hand that receives a gift. Faith receives the promises of God. And in so doing, faith does nothing. And on the other hand, faith is active and alive and well. All of the good works you do are produced through faith. That's why we call good works the fruit of faith. These good works won't get you into heaven, but they are the natural fruit of a faith that is alive and well and well watered and growing in and through the Word of God. My friends, you don't have to be afraid to say it. Properly understood, we can all say it. God speaks to me. He speaks to me. He speaks to you. He speaks to us in His Word. It's our life. We get to hear the Word of God. We want to hear the Word of God. We love it. We love it the same way dry, parched ground loves a soaking rain. Did you see the forecast for later this week? Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, 
which far surpasses all understanding. Keep our hearts, our minds, our ears, and our faith in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. We stand and sing the offertory. Take not thy holy spirit.